We hope you enjoy this message from Expression Church of Huntington. Well, before we get going, I got to tell you, last week, last Sunday, I'm, Pastor Ronnie and, and, and Michael and all the rest of them were here um, bringing, were bringing the word and worship. I was interceding in a Spartan race. About a year ago, I guess it wasn't a year ago, about seven or eight months ago, somebody put their convictions on me that, that I should do a Spartan race, and I received their convictions. They guilted me into doing it. No, they really didn't. They made an opportunity, it was time for a change, and I agreed to do it. There was a part on this race, I gotta tell you this, because it goes with the scripture. There was a part of this race that about two-thirds into the race, that you went up this hill. You'd already been through a couple of hills, but this one hill went like this. And you get to the top of this thing, and you realize that that's not the end. And then it goes this way. And you get to the top of that second tier of hill, and you realize, dear God, that's not the end. And you look up, and you see people, and you know they are going the same direction that you're going, but they're just way ahead. And you look back just once or twice, because you know if you look back, you're going, I'll quit. You look back, and you can't go back. And you have no choice to go forward because you've come too far, right? You can't quit. <laughs> Nobody's coming to get you. <laughs> They'll walk over your dead body. <laughs> they, will, they will walk right over top of you because they're going to the top whether they let you go or not. But people are encouraging along the way, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it as they pass you. <laughs> and you take a few breaths you catch your breath, you stop for a minute, or I did, some of them did, and they just kept right on going. I had to get my breath, and I kept going, and finally you get to the top, and you realize that you still have a mile to go. And for a moment, I thought hell was down. <laughs> but I realized hell might just be climbing. You know what I'm talking about? It was tough. It was really tough. It was lots of revelations over the last little bit. But the reason I tell you that is because you can't quit now. You've come too far, know too much, been through too much. He's done too much for you. You've already started. You can't quit now. Even though it, what you see may not be what you thought you should be seeing this time in your life, you can't quit now. You don't have a choice to quit or you can't quit. What if I told you this? All those people that were around me wouldn't let me quit if I wanted to. God's not gonna let you quit either. You're not. He might redirect you. And the goodness of God allowed me to see three tiers rather than one tier because if it had been one tier, I don't know that I started the race. Anybody know what I'm talking about? If you'd have known what you know right now, you may not have started the journey on this season of your life that you started. God won't let you see everything because he knows your limitations that you put on yourself. But he knows there's more inside of you then you know that's inside of you. And then he puts people around you that know there's more inside of you than you think that's inside of you. And you get mad at those people sometimes because it's their fault, right? And we do, we start putting, and it's the people that are close to you that get the most blame that you push back the most. I got news for you. This is a prophetic word for somebody this morning. You've come too far to retreat. Retreating would be harder than going forward. And even though going forward looks like almost impossible. 
it is impossible to go back. Do you see the goodness of God when he closed the Red Sea? That was the goodness of God to close the Red Sea. Because if he hadn't closed it, I promise you, they'd have tried it. All right? And they're mad at God because they're looking at God going, God, what in the world are you doing? I'm looking at you. I can't go back, but I'm so far away from where I'm going, I don't even see end in sight, and here I am. And it's in that place right here is when you want to quit. You want to question why you even started. And it's, you start blaming other people. Why in the world did I listen to you in the first place? Right? But you keep right on going. Why? Because God believes there's greater for you if you keep moving forward. Let's move to Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12. Verse three. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, in the 10th day of the month, they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next into his house take it according to the number of souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without a blemish. Now, see if this isn't a prophetic picture of Jesus, okay? Your lamb shall be without a blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. And you shall keep it up, up until the 14th day of the same month. And on the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. They shall take of the blood, strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door posts of the houses, wherein shall they eat it. And they shall eat, look at this, they shall eat the, all the flesh that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water but roast it with fire, his head with his legs, and with the pertinence thereof. And ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning, and that which remaineth of it until the morning, ye shall burn with fire. And thus shall ye eat it, with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and ye shall, ye shall, what's it say? Eat it in haste, it's in the Lord's Passover. For it will pass through the land of Egypt, for I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both men, man, and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment, I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And this day, watch this, and this day shall be unto you for a memorial, and you shall keep it a feast, a Passover feast, to the Lord throughout your generation. You shall keep it a feast by an ordinance, look at this, forever. Now we gotta go back a little bit to understand this. We've gotta see what the Lord is really saying. See, all my life, when I'd read this scripture, I thought this was just, just for the Israelites to come inside, and he was talking to the house of Israel, 
they would come into their house, they would kill the lamb, take the lamb, take the blood of the lamb, take a hyssop branch, take it and put it on the doorpost of their house, the sides, the front, and everybody would come in the house that was a part of that house, they would shut the door, and that night when the firstborn, the Passover was gonna happen, the, the destroyer was gonna come over and anybody that was inside their house was gonna be saved. I thought that was just for the Israelites. But what it said was this. Do you know the Israelites didn't just live all in segregated communities? They lived with everybody. Everybody was mixed together. The Bible says when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, they came out of Egypt, listen to this, a mixed multitude. Do you know it wasn't just the Israelites that came out of Egypt? It was the believers of the Egyptian believers that believed while this stuff was going on. So there were Egyptians also in houses, in some of the Israelites' houses, because it says, take your neighbor, if they don't have enough, they don't have a lamb, bring them in your house, and they're gonna get saved by the blood that's over your doorstep, right? So what it told me was this, just because you're an Israelite doesn't mean you're exempt from judgment. The only thing that gets you exempt from judgment is if you're in the house. You gotta be under the blood and in that door, right? But if you're an Egypt, Egyptian, just because you're a worldly person doesn't mean you're gonna get judged because you're a worldly person. Not if you're in the house and under the blood. See, there's some people that are not saved in your mind or my mind that are saved. There are some people doing things out there in the world that you look at and go, mm, just shake their head out. You don't know their heart. You don't know if they're under the blood or in the house. You don't know what's already been applied to their life. So you better be careful. You gotta be careful looking at people on the outside trying to judge what's going on on the inside. Yeah, there are more, some of you are gonna get to heaven and go have some next door neighbors that's gonna choke you. You're gonna get up there and say, I don't know about this. And here's the real question. Are you gonna get mad when they get there? Are you gonna be disappointed that they're there because you saw them when they're there in the earth? You're gonna go, yeah. If you really, are you a gatekeeper of heaven or are you a gatekeeper of hell? If you love people, you hope they get in even if it's by the skin of their teeth. But if you really don't love people, you're gonna go, I wouldn't let them in. Well, you're not the gatekeeper. Check your heart. Judge yourself. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because there's people out there that just don't add up. And you're thinking, my God. Because there's, there's, there, we gotta look at this thing. What does the blood of Jesus do? In the house, under the blood, the blood's applied, and they're in your house. Bible says there was a woman that wanted to, 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 to leave her husband and, the, and the, Paul said to her, look, if you go stay here and you stay, he might be unsaved, but just because he's unsaved, if he's in your house, you can sanctify him by being married to him. That's new covenant. We don't talk about that. What am I here to tell you this morning? The blood is bigger, badder, deeper, heavier, cleaner than we give it credit for. Yeah. 
The song said that Steph wrote, it doesn't cover your sins. It washes them away. During that day, the old covenant, it would cover them. If they're covered, they can be brought back up. If they're washed, they're there no more. Now, either Jesus took sin upon himself or he didn't. And you have to appropriate the, 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 by faith what Jesus did, we do, but I got news for you, good news. There are people walking around that are saved that just not have not been discipled. They have not been brought into the body of Christ. They haven't been bought, brought into the deep recesses of relationship and learning who he is in a greater measure. They just haven't. But they're not, it's not a heaven and hell issue. What it is, it's a matter of do I bring them in, begin to disciple and teach them about the goodness of God and allow them to see what the blood really is all about. Now to understand this, you gotta understand what happened at the very beginning of time, before time. There was God, and God had a host, a heavenly host of angels, a host. The seraphim, the teraphim, he had them all. But he had three big ones. We see him by name in the scripture. There's Michael. Michael was the warring angel, right? Michael's the one that came and fought. He would lead, lead the, the angels in battle. He was the one to rebuke Satan and, and fought and overturn Satan in Daniel's day. Michael was a warring angel. Then you had Gabriel. Gabriel was the messenger. Gabriel was gonna blow the trumpet. Gabriel came and told them the Mary that she was gonna be with a child. They had the communications director of heaven, right? But you had another one. We had Lucifer. And Lucifer was the worshiper, but worshiping wasn't just about worshiping here. He had traffic, the Bible says in Ezekiel. He controlled the traffic, the trade. Let's say it this way. Lucifer was the archangel that controlled the culture. The war, Michael fights. Gabriel message. But one had culture. One had worship. When Lucifer said to within himself, let's rise above this. I can take this. I can, I can do this. I can, I can manipulate the culture. I can manipulate and have them worshiping me but all I have to do is I've got to beat into their minds repetition, and I can, I, can, can per, I can pervert the communication. And if I can pervert the communication, I can get them bending towards me and away from him. When he tried it, you know what happened? He was cast to the ground. His tactics didn't change. Now he's on the ground. He went from being in the heavenly host to being in the earth. His tactics, his strategies have never been different. He still does what? If I can control the communication, if I can control the culture, I can control the worship. Not the sound of the songs or the music that you sing, if I can get the way you think. If I can change the way they see things, it'll all change. So his, his quest his, 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 his way all away from the Garden of Eden was this. He fell to the ground. He wasn't the, the, the devil before. He was Lucifer, and he fell. And when he was cast to the ground, he became that, like that serpent, slithering on his stomach, coming to the ground to communicate. And the first thing he did was come up to Adam, and he came up to Eve. When he, Eve and Adam, Adam and Eve were together, he came up to Eve, pulled her to the side, and here's what he said. Surely God didn't say. 
if he can control and pervert and manipulate the communication tool, everything changes. And she bought, partook, ate, digested the fruit of his lips. And fruit is something that you digest, you put in. You hear it, you see it through one of your gates, it comes in, and when it comes in, it now has to produce what it comes into. It comes in, hits your soil. It goes through a gate, comes in, hits your soil, and as it hits your soil, it's gonna produce that which it comes to mix with. So his plan from the very beginning in, in, in Genesis, all I've gotta do is slither and slither. I, I just have to turn it just a little bit. If I can get them suspicious, if I can get them hearing false, if I can take a truth and turn it just a little bit, it becomes a lie. He's the father of lies, right? He is the orig origin of the lies, the source of lies. There's no truth in him. Right? The problem was that God breathed on Adam, and not only did he breathe on Adam, he gave, Adam had God's blood in him in the garden. And when Adam partook of the fruit of the lips of Eve, he became contaminated. And at that day, it says the Bible says he will surely die. He still had blood, but it was contaminated. 4,000 years later, see, God had hovered over Adam and breathed into his body and gave him blood and gave him the breath that made that blood live. And 4,000 years later, there was a woman named Mary. And when a, when a woman named Mary came, she raised up and it comes a messenger named Gabriel to tell her that God himself by the Holy Spirit was going to hover over top of her and he's gonna conceive in her a child that's not gonna have Joseph's blood. He's gonna have the blood of the father. Heavenly Father, right? And this son is going to be the son of God. And that son's gonna have pure blood, uncontaminated blood, not born from man, born from God. Are you tracking with me? Jesus grows up, and the promise that Jesus had from the Father was going to be this. You're going to grow up, and I'm gonna give you a bride. That bride is gonna be the church. That church is gonna be spotless without blemish. It's gonna be perfect, and you're gonna make it perfect. The father gave the son the bride. Who is the bride? Me and you. What makes us perfect? Not our actions, his blood. When you make your actions more perf to perfect you, more than his blood perfect you, then we need to be worshiping your actions, not his blood. And this is a picture of it right here. This is a picture of the New Testament church, right here. Anybody that's in the house of e in Egypt, they were still in the world. Egypt was a representation of the world. So they were in the world but they were in the house 
with the blood applied to the doorposts. If you are in the house, right, the blood is applied to your doorpost, you're saved. Isn't that great? Because when the destroyer comes over, man, it's gonna take out everyone and anything. Here's the problem. That event happened on one night. After the doorpost, the blood was there, the doorpost was, the blood was on the side, the destroyer came over, there was a great cry that went throughout all of Egypt. Pharaoh finally said, God, we've got to get them out of here. So he calls Moses and Aaron to himself and he says, listen, take your flock, take your people, I need you to go, just go, get out of here. We don't want anything to do with you. Here's the problem. If the children of Israel would be the New Testament church today, we would have, they would have never left the house. They would have stayed in the house and said, no way, I'm not coming out from underneath this thing because the blood is over the doorpost, I'm safe in here. Once they were saved by and from the destroyer by the blood, it was time for them to come out of their house. It, the, 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 mystery, the ministry wasn't stopped. The, the journey wasn't over. The journey was only just beginning. So they're locked in this house coming. If it would have been today, we'd have said, no, 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 I'm not coming out of there. There's no way I'm coming out of there. But they forgot that the promise when they left Egypt, the very beginning when Moses came to them, the promise was, we're gonna come out of bondage and I'm gonna take you to a place that flows with milk and honey. Just like being on that crazy hill. You get up on that hill and you don't have any choice, you've got to go forward. You can't just camp out there. Are you, are you guys following what I'm saying? It's not, remember your day that you got saved and had that glorious time when the Lord called you and put you to the altar. It was a magnificent, it should be a memorial for you to celebrate an ordinance forever. But it's not the end of your journey. Just because your name is written in the Lamb's book of life and one day you're gonna go spend in heaven, oh my gosh, yes, that's incredible, it's gonna happen, but it's not the end of your journey. Your journey is now in the life you're living today. You've got to come out of the house. You've got to come out, because here's why. This time, the, the house isn't a house built with brick and mortar or wood. The house that Jesus puts his blood on the doorposts is a house built by him only. It's a human, it's you. You can't come out of the house with the blood not on you if you're saved. You are marked and sealed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Born again on your way, this life is incredible, but you're still in the middle of your journey. And you cannot camp out, you can't sit still, you can't quit, you can't get weary and tired and, and throw up the towel and look at sideways and you have got to see, you have to keep going on this journey. And no matter what comes your way, you cannot quit. If the children of Israel would have quit, they would have made Jesus' blood the end and the Jesus' blood is just the beginning of the journey. Moses says, come out. And here's what's beautiful about this story is it wasn't Moses and Aaron that initiated them to come out. It was Pharaoh. Pharaoh was so tired of the ruckus that they were creating in, their, in his city, in his country, he said, go tell those people, they gotta go. You tell them to get out. The church of Jesus Christ is on earth to, in the earth today should be creating so much ruckus in the world system that they ought to be begging us 
The enemy should be going, oh my God, we gotta get them out of here. There they come again. We don't want them involved in this because they just create havoc and they wreak Yes, we're gonna, we're gonna bring order, we're gonna bring structure, and we're gonna bring life, we're gonna bring transformation, we're gonna walk into situations that have death written all over them, and we're gonna bring life to it. We're gonna walk into situations that have confusion everywhere we go, and we're gonna bring peace into it. Are you following what I'm saying? That's the body of Christ. That's the bride of Jesus Christ. That's who we're betrothed to. We're the one that Jesus is the one. We're betrothed to him. We're his bride. We're his, his body. We're bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. And if he's perfect, he's perfecting you. He's not perfecting you in your actions. He's perfecting you in him. His actions made you perfect. And we got too much stuff going on over here trying to figure this thing out. And, and, and we're all wrapped up in our own circumstances, our own situations. And we're going, God, is it, you know, I, I, gotta, I gotta fix this before I can go further. No, you've got to make up in your mind that the blood of Jesus Christ is applied to your life. Now let me drill down a little bit on you. And let me get real personal. The blood of Jesus is an action word. It's a verb. It requires movement. It requires mobility. Here's what I'm talking about. Your children come to church, go to a church camp, have an experience with God, right? And you, man, their eyes are open. They're five, six, eight, 10 years old, 12 years old, and they have an encounter with God. And all of a sudden, two or three weeks down the road, when they're still in the house and you're trying to get them to be mobilized, they say, I don't feel like going this week. I just, I just not feeling like it. I, you know, it's the only day I get to sleep in. And you, and as a parent, we say, okay, that'd be okay. Because I don't want to put any pressure on them because then they'll be rebelling against church and all this stuff. No. No. Set the example for your house. I'm talking to church people, but I'm really talking to people on the internet right now, but I just want to tell them. <laughs> what I'm saying to you is this. It is a time, oh my, I can feel this in my spirit so strong. I've never seen it like it is right now. I've never, in 20 years of ministry, and I've went back and I've done a lot of research, I've never seen what the Lord is doing so fast, so swift, and he's move, moving people in positions, he's accelerating things, and the church of Jesus Christ has got to raise up to be who we're supposed to be. And I've never seen it like this before, where there's so many people that still stay in the house, and they're perfectly comfortable with their salvation. But it's not your salvation it's not just about you. It's about them. It's about a generation of people that are following. It's about the Joshua and the Caleb's that are young, that are watching the older people. And here's what happened as you come up out of this house. Some of you just got, I need to knock on your door and say, come out and play. Just come out. And here's the problem. We've been hurt so many times. We've gone through so many hurt circumstances that just turn our lives upside down. And we, we, we're so concerned, God, and I've had them when they're just disappointment after disappointment and finally you just resolve yourself down to going, oh man, I'm just happy to be saved. I'm just thankful to be saved. No, no, no. You got to be, you got to be moving. You got to be mobile. We've got to be active because the blood of Jesus is not, it's a, when you got saved, it's not just for something to keep you all locked up into salvation. Salvation is an explosive word that brings you out of the house into the world.
And your job is not to get the people in Egypt to come back up into the house after the Passover has already happened for you. What am I saying? Yes, preach the gospel to them. But preach the gospel of the kingdom. Heal them. Pray for them. Set them free. It's just not, it's kind of not my personality. I don't really, I don't really, I'm not really extroverted. I don't really, stay in the house. Boldness and courageous people are a sign of the bride of Christ. Hear what the Lord says. The Lord says, you've been bought with a price. A price that's immeasurable and invaluable. You can't even measure it. You keep it to yourself and you cherish it. But I want you to give it away. I want you to take what I've placed inside of you and given inside of you and done inside of you. And I want you to take it outside of your house. And he says, some of you are looking for the trophies in your house to share. But he said, I never show trophies. I show my scars. I share the hurts and the pains. The doubters will only wanna touch and feel your pain what I've done in your life. What are you afraid of? Don't be afraid. Don't be scared. I'm releasing a power, a power of the Holy Spirit this world has not seen. I'm releasing it in these days because I have found a people that are open containers. It won't be hard. It won't be full of a bunch of effort. I'll fill them because they're willing. I'll mobilize them. I'll put them in positions. I'll put them in situations. I'll put them in front of great men. I'll put them in front of presidents. I'll put them in front of kings. I'll put them in front of dignitaries. I will make them dignitaries. They'll be honorable. They'll stand in front of great people and make decisions and choices, but what they're gonna do is represent me. I'll fill them so full of my spirit and full of my love that they will not look past people, they will look to people. You're afraid of praying for people because there's been so many disappointments. And yes, there has. You're apprehensive for praying for healing because sometimes it just hasn't worked like you thought it should. 
You've seen people get prayed for and laying out of hands only to become like a, a, a foolish episode of a comedy because you see so much of it in the course of your life. I want you to erase it all. Give me a clean slate. And let me fill you with the power of the Holy Spirit. He says, your mind is trying to figure it out and you're actually even discounting it, some of you are. Because you think you don't hear like this, but you do. I want you to turn your ear towards me that I'll speak to you clearly. I've created you. I know your communication gaps and your communication tools. I know how you hear and I know how you don't hear. I'll communicate, you in the way, communicate with you in the way you do hear. Your language the body motions and body language and I'll put people across your path that will speak exactly the same language that you need to hear. I'm gonna turn this city and this region upside down. Some of you are pessimistic about it because you've been hurt by people somewhere in the church world. Somebody hurt you, somebody offended you, you're still holding a grudge and he said, let that go come up out of the house. If you'll come up out of the house, you'll have joy. Your laughter even is in full right now. But I want you to have laughter. I want you to have joy that's full. Right now it's reserved and capped because you put a, a limitation on it based on your past hurts. And maybe it was right, maybe they hurt you, you, you were right in your assessment that they, they, they did you wrong, but God said, uh-uh. What he's saying today is, uh-uh, let it go. Let it go. He says, some of you are on that hill and you see the second tier and the third tier and you're going, oh my God, I can't, I can't do it. I don't have it within me. No, you don't have it within you to do it, but I'm within you to do it. Don't you even entertain the thought of retreating. Don't you ever even retain the thought don't even think about it. Don't let it ponder in your mind. Don't play out a sequence of events in your head about stopping and quitting. I'm not telling you it'll be easy, but I am telling you it'll be right. Some of you are saying, I don't even know what my call is. I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing in life. I don't even, I feel like I'm just kind of been aimless like that. And the Lord says, if you will give me permission today to help you see, to lift up your eyes, you are right in the perfect will of God. I'll show you. I'll point it out. I'll give you confirmation. He says, somebody in here just said, I don't feel worthy. He says, it's not about your worthiness, it's about his worthiness. And because he's worthy, he's made you worthy. Lift up your chin. You didn't deserve it, but he did it anyway. Because he's not basing it on your actions, he's basing it on his. He is complete within himself.
I heard him say, you've served in your current capacity with faithfulness. But he knows the desire in your heart is greater than your current setting that you're in. And he said for you to give him permission to take you in uncharted territory because your heart's desiring it even though you don't know the path to get there. He said, give him permission. He said, you've relocated in an area and you've moved to an area that you know is not home, but it is a temporary location. And you've tried to put your feet deep in the ground and your tent pegs deep in the soil, but it's not happening. No matter what you try, it's just not home because you know at any moment, things could change. He said, over the next 90 days, he's going to bring to you a city It'll be city in the spirit and you'll have one confirmation after another that God's gonna move you to that place. And he said what he's gonna do is you'll have many confirmations but you have not yet, will not have moved yet. He said don't try to force it or make it come to pass. Just received, just received the confirmations and that city that's coming, and you begin to lift up that city, learn that city, research that city. And the Lord says he's gonna bring you into that city. And he'll do it without any kind of a sorrow attached to it. Don't try to forge your way or manipulate your way in. No. He's gonna bring you up out of the house. He'll set your feet firmly planted there. He said, you've served your purpose well there, but it's time for a change. This past week, the Lord asked me a question. He said, why, why is it you've read the scripture and you've asked me this, but never really waited on an answer? He said, there was a time in the scripture that I was in cities and the presence of the Lord was there to heal them all. And he says, why is it you don't press into that? Why is it, that you, do you really believe that I can heal them all? And I said, Lord, I believe you can. I, my problem is I sometimes don't know if you will because I've seen so many people not get healed or so many disappointments and I can't explain it anymore. just now said to me I heard it in my heart so clearly if you'll bring and release my presence in this city I'll heal them all he said let the naysayers be naysayers let the skeptics be the skeptics but let the fruit speak for itself 
just covered about a fraction of what I was going to cover today, and I went a whole different direction. Would you bow your heads just to close your eyes for a minute? I just need to do this. I need to pray, pray over you. spoke to us as a, as a leadership in the spring, and I've been kind of praying about all summer. You're going to see some changes begin to take place next week, even in the way we do our services. We're going to allow more time for ministry and different things like that, but I feel strongly right now to pray over each one of you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I lift up every single household to you this morning. what's being spoken when the door is shut. You know the pressures, the joys, the disappointments, the loneliness, the isolation. You know when that door is shut, when they lay their head on the pillow at night. God, you know the things that cross through their minds because you're involved in the details of everybody here. And I'm asking you, Lord, in the power of of the name of Jesus the Christ, through the blood of Jesus. And in that name, I'm asking you, Lord, would you lift every burden off my brothers and sisters? Would you bring joy back into the ones that are feeling depressed? isolated and alone. Would you bring prosperity into that house that feels like they don't know where it's way to go in their finances and, 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 and they don't know where to go in their economics and they look at their kids and they're wanting to provide so much more for their kids but they can't. So Lord, I'm just asking you to teach them. Bring it into their home. So many of us have shut our doors, Lord, and we're saved blood is applied to our life and you're calling and beckoning us to come out and finish and complete and go on our journeys and experience the goodness of God and let you see us, show us things that we've never seen before that we'll never see inside the house. But God, some of us are just stuck in our house because we're so heavy feeling all the time. And I'm asking you, Father, in the name that's above every name, I'm asking you, God, move in that house. Quicken them in that house and bust open that door and let the wind of the Spirit propel them to come out into that journey. Give them a fresh hope and a fresh outlook for life. Give them a second wind or a third wind or a fourth wind or whatever that might be. Remove the thought of quitting and retreating out of their mind. Give them hope. Give them joy. Give them peace. Give them a brand new, fresh outlook on life. Let them see, God, that you're for them and not against them. Let them see, Lord, that there's greater things ahead than are even behind them. Let them know, God, that there's hope to take another step. Lord, you do what only you can do. You motivate. You sensationalize. You dramatize. You do all the things that, God, we do for ourselves. You do it, Lord, but do it in your way bring us out into the place where your kingdom is to be established. We're willing. We are bone of your bone and flesh of your flesh. 
We've come out of your side. You perfected us in you. We're one, we're together, and your blood has purified us. We thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. God, we bless you. We worship you and we thank you. And as we walk out of this place today, we have a fresh outlook knowing God that greater things lies ahead. Let today, this week be one of the greatest testimonies of the goodness of God. Guide us and lead us as we leave here by the power of your Holy Spirit. And we will declare that Jesus Christ is Lord and Lord of all. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. See you all Wednesday night.